0: Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and please introduce yourself in the chat or on social media. Today, everyone joining us is the Vice President of Government Affairs, Jonathan Carpenter, and we will be sharing lobbying secrets that anyone can use. And again, I apologize for my voice being kind of groggy and just tired, a lot going on, you know, this is election season, but it's still very important for us to talk. And it's also very timely because a lot of elections are tied to lobbying. This is a great topic that I want you to know how you can use lobbying for your own life. And for this to not be a one-sided or a one-time conversation, please also give your thoughts or questions in the comment section below. So welcome, Jonathan. How are you doing?
1: Excellent. Great. Thank you. How are you, Dr. Carr?
0: I'm pretty good. Welcome. And as I mentioned, we are sharing lobbying secrets that anyone, meaning the average citizen, can use. And before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about our guest. So Jonathan Carpenter is the Vice President of Government Affairs with the Green Will Consulting Group. And Greenwill, if you don't know, is one of the leading government relations firms in Maryland. This firm has a diverse list of clientele, including Fortune 500 companies and A-list celebrities. And before joining Greenwell, Jonathan was also the vice president of industry and government affairs for the District of Columbia Water and Sewer Authority, also known as DC Water. And he was responsible for cultivating high influence relationships globally, nationally, federally, and obviously also in Washington, DC. So with over 20 years of lobbying experience in North America, Mr. Carpenter's influence and outcomes have made him successful in developing relationships with governmental, elected, and appointed leaders at all levels, and this also includes national organizations such as the U.S. Conference of Mayors, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and many others, and I'm just sharing all of this impressive background, one, because it's very impressive, (laughs) but also because just like with tax cuts, the average citizen doesn't benefit from tax cuts because he or she doesn't know about them or doesn't have access to the information. And similarly, the majority of of Americans and small businesses, you don't benefit from lobbying because you don't have access to lobbying information or the benefits or even the instructions on how to do it. So today, we are sharing the lobbying secrets that anyone can use so I can give you, our listeners, the information and steps to take to make lobbying benefit to your own personal lives and the welfare of your family and your communities. So Jonathan, hopefully that wasn't too long of an introduction for you. I'm sure I could have gone on longer.
1: (laughs) No, that was great. (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, thank you again for joining us. And can you just explain to us what lobbying is?
1: Uh, So basically, you know, again, something I've done for the better part of my career And uh, my family still says, I don't know what he does, right? (laughs) Uh, I know. (laughs) But lobbying, um, as you know, Dr. Carr, is the direct uh, engagement with government officials, electeds, and and, and government. Um, um, So lobbying in and of itself is simply uh, um, being stewards of, of those issues that you would like to engage public officials with or the government. So a lot of times folks hear the term lobbying and they think about um, those with money and the rich and and influencing things when every day and any day, ordinary citizens, all of us have the right to Mm -hmm. actually lobby for for those things that we're interested in. And that means to engage with those public officials.
0: Yes, that's very true. And I think that there is this... um, Misperception or misconception that lobbying is just, well, this one big wealthy company is then having all of this money and they're putting it into the pockets of a congressperson. And then that way they can then say, you need to vote for this and you need to vote for that. And that's actually not what happens. I mean, not everyone is obviously ethical or honest, but then, you know, for it to be a regulated industry, then it's really more of a relationship and it's more of a social. Interaction more than is transactional,
1: and and, and so with that, uh, Dr. Carr, you're right. You know, people ask me, uh, like, you know, if I were to really um, have an issue that I would like to lobby on, um, you know, how would I do it? And I tell them, you know, there are there are two forms. Normally, you do direct lobbying, um, where you uh, you 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 might hire a firm, um, you go in and and you directly um, influence the legislation. But grassroots lobbying, um, which is something that I did early on in my career uh, with the labor union, um, you get everyone involved. You get the public to rally around a specific issue, and again, sooner or later, you'll get that call from the legislator or the public official or the, the administration, and they will ask you to call off the call off the dogs. <laughs> right? When you get yeah. enough of phone calls and letters and postcards they say we get the message. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's something that all of us can do.
0: Mm -hmm. So then you as a lobbyist, can you explain what a lobbyist is?
1: Absolutely, so again, a lobbyist is actually a person that's registered, um, most official lobbyists are registered with the entity, whether it's uh, the state, um, whether it's a local governing board or even the federal level, um, federal lobbyists they are registered to actually have the authority to uh, go before legislators on behalf of their clients, whatever clients that may be. Um, So again, lobbying is something that if you really want to see it as a career opportunity or to know what a lobbyist is, just know that they are folks that are actually registered and have the authority to uh, engage with uh, public officials on behalf of their clients.
0: Now, do you have to have a degree for that? Or is there like, like with me as a psychologist, you go through obviously doctoral education, certification, um, residency, and then you have to get licensed by the states that you are in. Is that similar? Uh,
1: Most folks think of lobbyists as lawyers um, Mm -hmm. because lawyers have that law degree to know uh, to the extent of the law and the impact. But I'm not a lawyer. Um, uh, um, Anybody, anyone, um, can become a lobbyist just based on the issues um, something they're passionate about and that they have knowledge of and that they're able to articulate a certain uh, position. Um, and I've seen several people come into the lobbying world just because they were um, or had the expertise of a specific subject and um, go for go from there and their careers blow up. Um, mm-hmm. so anyone, anyone can become a lobbyist Now yeah. there are, you will have to go through the state ethics or the, the ethics commission normally to have ethics training on behalf of, um, um, of a lobbying world or in that field. But that's basically uh, most of what you need to know.
0: And is that expensive? How much would that cost?
1: Um, traditionally, it's not expensive. Again, uh, not a barrier for mm-hmm. any average day citizen to become a lobbyist. So uh, okay. you may be, you may it's, it's a nominal fee, let's just say. It's not something that would become a barrier to entry. One
0: comparison would be when people would come, pharmacy reps would come to my, when I had a traditional practice, they would come and say, oh, here, try this, you know, Aricep drug and this will help with dementia. Or you can try this and they can talk knowledgeably about the medication. They can talk mm-hmm. about the biology and all that, but they are not doctors. And they didn't even go to medical school, may not have even finished with an undergraduate, and, but they can still learn the information and then speak well about it. And so if you are thinking about it, as far as lobbying as an interest or a career, you don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to know everything about every political issue or every bill. You don't even have to know the whole constitution. You could just still know that one issue that you're passionate about and then focus as that um, for your beginning point.
1: And here's the way I used to describe it to a lot of younger folks. Uh, I would talk about um, the fact that anybody can run for office and become an elected official. Um, Very true. And once you are an elected official, there are so many topics and so many uh, initiatives and issues that you have to tackle. Um, But in that capacity, you simply learn um, and get educated about that issue and to become, uh, I guess, educated enough to make a, a great decision or a decision you can live with as you vote on those issues and deal with them. So we have, again, uh, government officials or we have elected officials that come from all walks of life, right? And yet Mm -hmm. they get in a position where they have to deal with so many different issues and they simply become educated as much as they can Mm -hmm. about those issues.
0: And no one person is going to know everything all the time. And so (laughs) if you are a lifelong learner, which I believe our listeners are, then you'll just simply add that to your repertoire of knowledge if that's what you want to do. The key to lobbying and lobbyists is that one person is advocating for another person or another corporation for an issue that is personal to them, either personally relevant or professionally relevant so i everyone knows i love tea and sweets and tea lattes and hot chocolate so if i were if there was suddenly a a tax put on chocolate definitely trust and believe i will become (laughs) a lobbyist for you know freedom and equality of chocolate for all so it could be anything that is of, of importance to you and you don't have to be a personality of any particular sort either you can be an introvert but you can just be persistent. You don't have to be the rah-rah, all out in public kind of person. You could just be focused, having an issue. It could just be that one issue. And actually when you are a citizen lobbying, having a single issue will get you more success and higher outcomes. And if you just walk in the door saying, I have a thousand things that I want you guys to fix. So it's something that you could do. You don't have to have uh, a PhD or even a bachelor's degree to do anything. You can just go in, with the passion of focusing on an issue that's important to you. Let's look at the the origin of the word. So it it began because a long time ago what people used to do, they would sit or stand in the lobby mm-hmm. of uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. of the Senate building and they were yeah. in the lobby waiting and hoping to get a chance to see their congressperson come in. Hey hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, you know, yeah. going in and asking them that. So that's where it came from. It's just basically because you were in the you know the physical structure of the building of the lobby, and mm-hmm. that's what they call them, then the lobbyists. In, in addition to like the big corporate lobbying, which is a lot of stuff that you may do along with special interest lobbying, then you have the citizen lobbying, which is what we're focusing on. So you as a citizen, this is what you can do. And usually what you're trying to do is to not just go in and complain. But you have an issue and that issue is usually related to some type of legislation or some type of law that is that is happening or a bill that is being introduced that you're against or for or that you want to be introduced. So, Jonathan, can you explain to us anything about like the bills, what that is or how being a lobbyist affects legislation?
1: So it will make a difference how the laws are written written. Um, how the uh, public engages the legislatures, how the legislation actually is worded. Um, those things will comprehensively um, decide how uh, each state operates and how we as a country move forward. So um, it's important to know what the individuals feel um, is important and what they w- would like in the legislation and those things that allow us to operate w- within different states. So it's very important to know uh, where you stand at, and again, it goes back to lobbying and contacting your legislators and, and being involved with your government officials.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, just to recap, if you are looking to see how lobbying can benefit you, the secrets are knowing what is it that you can do, and so it starts off with you having an issue that's personal to you, and then you want to then contact your local or state representatives and then you want to let them know what this issue is, and you either want them to introduce a bill or vote for or against something that's important to you. Mm -hmm. And so then the bill, think about it as just a proposal. This is just a proposal that is set forth or put forth usually at the local level for your state representatives or your state senate, or if it goes to the federal level for your congressperson. And so think of the bill as just the form of a proposal that you're going to have. And then when you have this proposal, which is called the bill, then you're asking for your representatives to vote for or against it. And then if, they, if it goes through, then that's what is the basis of the legislation or that legal proposal known as the bill to then become in fact a law. And then that's what you're trying to do. So in my example um, for the Chocolate Equality Act, <laughs> then what I would do is I would want to then help to propose a bill, which is putting forth an idea of a proposal, like when you do like your school work or a business proposal, or responding to a request for proposals in government, then I want to put this forth. this is the ideas that I want. This is how I think it should look, and this is why it would benefit me or my community. And then if it gets picked up, then you would then have your person in Congress or in your local level either being a supporter of it by being a sponsor, then what they would do is then they would say, okay, well, I'm going to help put this forward as a sponsor. Think about a sponsor, like a regular sponsor. Like if you have a brand name sponsor for your little league camp or a sponsor for your business It's someone who would then help advocate for it either with financial funding or without it, but their name will go behind it and they'll help advocate for that issue. And then if there is already a sponsor then you may want your local representative to be a co-sponsor, which means to come along and join in in sponsoring it because the more sponsors and co-sponsors you have for a particular issue, the more likely it's going to be passed. So one of the things I did want to ask you, Jonathan, is, is lobbying only for the rich and famous?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And, you know, I wanted to add, and, and this goes right with, with you're just asking this question about the rich or famous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the biggest tragedies we have, and this is this is going you're going to you're going to relate with this, Doctor Carl.
0: <laughs> okay. One
1: of the biggest tragedies we we have is that on Saturday mornings, I I remember growing up. And there was a thing called Schoolhouse Rock. Oh yeah, Rock. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah yeah. Schoolhouse
1: Rock. I'm mm-hmm. just a bill, right? Mm-hmm. And this cartoon walked you through the entire process of of how your law became how a bill becomes a law, and it was just amazing. And and think of the millions of kids who learned the process just watching yeah. Schoolhouse Rock, and it never left them. And I brought it up, and you said. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just a bill. Um, uh-huh. Yes, yes, and it literally was like one of the greatest pieces ever written. Now, really again, I, I I tend to still use this when I talk to, uh, um, I go and talk to youth groups, and I'll if I have uh um, audio and video, I tend to pull this up, and they just sit so amazed because they've never <laughs> seen it. Yeah. Um, but just that quickly, they learn and they hear uh, what the process is. And the fact is that in that, in that illustration, Schoolhouse Rock teaches us that anybody
0: mm-hmm. can
1: take a piece of legislation, have it introduced, it can be an issue, and it can become law. And they learn that process. So, you know, just uh, again, I emphasize, again, things like the legalization of marijuana Mm-hmm. our biggest issue across the country now in the world mm-hmm. and along with Roe versus Wade. These are everyday issues for everyday people that any of us can get involved in and have a have a say um, in how these laws are written and give our opinion to legislators uh, legislators, and influence the outcome.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you explain what a legislator is?
1: Absolutely. So again, As you alluded to, uh, we have those that we elect for, and and again, I I, I tell people all the time, I see my local commission board as legislators, so not just on the state level where we have uh, our representatives and our senators in both chambers, um, and also our executive branch, but even our local commissioners are legislators because they actually write legislation, they actually have the ability uh to enter um or sponsor, as you said, uh legislation that will be considered before the entire body, which is which means the whole legislative branch. Um so again, uh even on the local level, you can consider your commissioners who pass laws or write laws or introduce bills that become law, um, are your legislators.
0: hmm hmm And so legislators are someone who helps with legislation and legislation is basically just the preparing or the enactment of a law. So that's really all it is. So in case people are confused, you don't have to be a lawyer, but it is related to law and the preparation of that or the execution of that or the enactment of it is considered legislation. So again, so you don't have to be rich and connected. You can, anyone can be, um, a lobbyist at the local level, and you can also go into it for a very, and I think that was a good way that you said it was a very nominal amount and it wasn't going to stop anyone because I do want people to know that you can say it's $10 and that could be a lot to someone. It could be a thousand dollars and that could be, you know, a penny change to anyone. But I do know that overall in state to state, it is a very low amount and if need be, even if it were something as at a lower level of $10, are there other lobbying firms that are able to sponsor someone to become a lobbyist or to put their application in?
1: Absolutely. However, in most cases it's it's individual by individual. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So therefore any, and again, not an entry, uh, a barrier to entry because again, any, any everyday person or citizen can walk in Mm -hmm. and, lobby on those issues or attempt to uh, contact their uh, individual elected officials on Mm -hmm. issues. Um, And again, something that I encourage everyone to do. Um, You know, those folks who have become uh, more passionate about things and realize that this is something that's their right and they're able to do, they normally become the more vocal people (laughs) and and go on a path to become great citizens for their community because they realize you know, this is, this is not intimidating and it's something I should be doing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the states do make it to be a very lower cost amount so that it can be more accessible to more people and to encourage people to be involved in the process and not to be afraid or financially intimidated by it. So, so Jonathan, how can you find out if the issue that you need help with is related to a bill and how you can then go and get help or support for that.
1: Well, again, in most cases, as I said, you uh, as you become more and more educated about the issue you're you're looking at, in most uh, uh, legislatures you have what's called, and again, legislative services. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, uh, for instance, in the state of Maryland, um, legislative services is, uh, sits alongside the the legislature. The, the representatives and the senators and executive branch, to provide that support. The legislators don't necessarily uh, write the bills verbatim. In fact, they don't. Legislative services, which is there's a branch of government to provide that type of service. So anybody can contact legislative services to find out the intent of a legislation or the wording or get clarification
0: hmm. So everyone, what you could do is you could just go to your state elections website and look under legislative services and I can help you and you can just call them and ask for the information like I have a problem with this. What bill is that related to? I also will include in our links for the description for this um, episode on the YouTube page, I will include a link for how to browse congressional bills and then you could just click on that link and then enter the information that you're looking for and see what pops up or what you might be interested in. So that might be one thing that you can also help with. And um, if you
1: if you Google legislative services, mm-hmm. it, normally, it normally will give you a list. Uh, for instance, if you just Google it locally, um, it will give you Maryland Department of Legislative Services, DC legislative and regulatory services, Virginia division of legislative service. So mm-hmm. every state normally has that in place for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And your firm, again, one of the top ones in Maryland, you represent a lot of different people, obviously a lot of high profile people, but I thought it was also interesting that like with this conversation, you can also be a school that uses a Mm -hmm. lobbyist. You can be a town, you can be an association. For example, you all represent the Association of Maryland Pilots. You can Mm -hmm. be a very small chamber of commerce. You can be a PTA if you want to, to have someone else help you with that. And again, it would be at a lower cost, but you can still do it. And if not, then you can also have volunteers within your organization. So you don't have to be one of the rich and wealthy or connected. You don't even have to have a law degree. All you have to do is have, is to be a person who has an issue that you want the law and legislation to now be on your side. And that's all it is. And when you have a lobbyist, such as Jonathan, you may not be able to afford Jonathan unless you're a (laughs) Fortune 500 company.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) you're (laughs) kidding.
0: But if um, if you do have an issue, then you can then put it forth and it can be a very nominal amount or it can be completely free if you do it yourself. All you need to do is just have the issue and then make that issue known by going to your congressperson or your local elected officials. And then that can help even at the, city level. And I am going to give you in a few seconds, everyone, I'm going to give everyone some steps of how you can go to meet with the individuals, your local legislators, and then how you can even represent yourself at the federal level when you have Congress in session and how you can speak to your needs there as well. So it sounds like what you're saying, Jonathan, is just the main thing about lobbying is understanding that lobbying is simply meeting with someone who is in legislation or someone who is responsible for introducing or enacting a law that can then work for your benefit. And I also want to reiterate is that you don't have to have any special qualifications other than being a person who has an interest that is something is near and dear to your heart. So um, anything else you want to add about that Jonathan?
1: No and, and I want to emphasize that it's, it's not just about just your legislators, um, your local, uh, I guess, appointing authorities or government officials, um, you know, that's also a part of lobbying, um, having an issue with state highway administration or social services, and to go to the secretary of, uh, of social service or the secretary of health and human services or the secretary of transportation, um, that's also... Um, the right of every citizen to uh, be engaged with those officials.
0: Okay. So if you're, if it's a state government official or some type of agency, then everyone can go talk to them as well. That's their right.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay. That's good to know. So everyone, you have that right now, you might have COVID restrictions, but you you can definitely still do it. So when you look at lobbying and how you can have the number one secret to how making this, making this lobbying work for you is recognize what is the basis of it. And the basis of it is it's one person or one group talking with another person and that person being the elected official or the government agency. And it's really a relationship. And the reasons why lobbyists gain so much influence is not because of any funding that they may use to help them get elected. It's Mm -hmm. more so because of the relationship. It's making and maintaining the relationships, not only with the lawmakers, but also their staff. And you can do the same thing. It's relationships. If you could talk to someone at the coffee shop, that's the beginning of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And you could just continue that relationship. And that's what makes it work. And you actually have more power than a high-powered attorney or a high-powered lobbyist because what all elected officials want is your vote. And so your voice represents where you may be voting. And if they can actually have your influence and your input on if you're going to be able to support them, they are more likely to listen to a voter who has influence and has a strong voice in the community are willing to make a ruckus and bring noise to attention. And they'll be more likely to listen to that voice because that will take away or add to their voter base. Um, A lobbyist, even if it's a corrupt lobbyist, they may throw dollars, but those dollars are only to help them get elected and to get more money to run a political campaign. You are the one who they're using that money to go toward to attract your vote. You can cut out the middle middleman. No thing, No, no shame
1: <laughs> to <with> you, Jonathan.
0: <laughs> no, you can, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but you can cut out the middleman by just saying, "Look, this is me. I represent one vote. I have five people in my house or in my community who I can also get to vote, and then they know five people, and they know five people, like the old Prell commercial. Yes, <laughs> and then yes. we can then pretty much determine if you will get elected or reelected or not. So remember that." Going to your lobbyists, going to your state agencies is considered a protection by the First Amendment, which guarantees the quote, the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And so this can be an issue. Again, it might be small, like my chocolate equality for all mm-hmm. issue, but it could be any issue. I'm just saying that to let you know, it doesn't have to be a brain science yes. or a life threatening yeah. issue. It could be whatever is personal to you. And trust me, I'm sure Godiva has plenty of lobbyists, (laughs) so it is not a small thing. But whenever you do what you want to do, I want to give you five steps of what you can do so that you can get in the door to have these meetings with the elected officials or the appointed leaders or the leaders of the state agencies. So one, develop a professional and effective relationship with your federal, state, or local political leaders or the agency leaders. Then you set up two, set up a short in-person meeting with their district offices at least once or twice a year. Now, once or twice a year is pretty much what a paid lobbyist would do. You're meeting with them. It could be lunch, it could be coffee, but for this situation, this might be you going to their office. So you're not doing anything different from what a high-powered lobbyist would do. And then before you do go there, try to be dressed professionally have your information about the bill that you want or the issue that you have, have it written down and have it concise and expect to spend no more than 15 or 20 minutes with that elected official. And you Mm -hmm. probably won't see him or her because they're probably out trying to save the state or save the world or meeting with me. (laughs) But what you can do is know that you will meet with their staff. And that's not any disrespect to you because it's their chief of staff Who is the gatekeeper who will then whisper into the ear? Most important. (laughs) That's right. Listen to this person. You need to make sure that that you listen to them because they are focused. And by them saying that, that's already someone who is already advocating for you with that elected official. So remember, it may not be with that person, but it will be someone in their office. Before you do that, also make sure that you are registered to vote because no one can tell who or for whom you voted, but they can tell what is a person even registered? And did Uh, they even vote or not? And so you can't go to an office of a person whose main goal, their currency is votes. And you can't say, okay, well, I want you to change this because I'm a citizen or I'm a constituent in your district. And then they can go back and check and say, wait a minute, this person's not even registered to vote. They they have no value to me. (laughs) So again, before you go anywhere to any person, even making a request for a meeting, make sure that you are registered to vote and then again, be professionally dressed and also be polite. And if they've done anything that's been great, anything that's been nice, be sure to compliment them on that. Most elected officials get a whole bunch of complaints and nasty emails and nasty tweets So if you go in there, again, with the sugar and the honey, based off of truth, don't be, you know, falsely saying anything, but what you do appreciate what they have done. Start off with a compliment That's of course, just from a psychological standpoint, it's going to make them more interested in listening to you and hearing what you have to say. And also do not be politically divisive. Don't talk against or for any particular party, focus primarily on your issue, have an outline, be very clear. And if you're able to, give them like a one-page handout that's easy to read that they can then take with them to remind them of what the issues are for you and to remind them of what your name and contact information is. And then be sure to attend meetings that are at your federal, state, or local level that they're also going to attend. So if you see on their social media, they're going to go to Bob's Cookout or they're going to be at the grand opening of a mall, then go there. And the more they see your face, again, the more you have the relationship and you just popping up at these places is very similar to lobbyists just popping up in the lobby. So you're doing the same behaviors. It just might be different locations because it'll be in your community, but you can do that. Make them know your face, know their name and be kind. And if you want to then meet at the federal level, then look on the congressional meetings website. I will include that link for you and find out when are they going to be meeting. And then you can also try to go in there and schedule a meeting or even go there to have your case heard on a federal or a national level. So those are the main things. Be polite, be professional, be on time, and don't forget to make your ask. I strongly encourage you to have one focus on one single issue. Don't go in there with the whole kitchen sink. If they can, <laughs> yeah, if they think about it, they have a limited time limited resources, and also limited influence. But if they can say, okay, well, I can satisfy this one person. They have 10 things. I can go after the easiest thing to do to satisfy them and get that vote. So don't dilute your own influence and don't dilute your own power. Focus on this is the main issue that I want to address. And that way they can't wiggle out of doing anything other than what you are addressing. That's a clear problem and a clear outcome that you can tie to them listening to you or not listening to you. So just make sure you do that. Um, Again, keep the beating shorts and it shouldn't be too complicated. And remember, you are valuable. Your family is valuable. Everyone has worth and you are indeed worthy to be heard from a political level because they are there with the intent and the perfect desire, ideally, to serve you. So don't be ashamed and don't be embarrassed and don't think that you have to be some big time person to either become a lobbyist or to act as a citizen lobbyist, or to even have you and your group connect with others to form an alliance, or like you said, Jonathan, a grassroots group, and then have someone else become your lobbyist for you. You know,
1: and, and, uh, go ahead. No, Doctor Carr, I really want to emphasize something that you have you have hit on that um, I have always, always encouraged others to do, which is just because you don't get to speak to the actual elected official, mm-hmm. it is so important to understand that the folks that run their offices, that run <laughs> their operations, are normally the folks you want to talk to That's because right. those are the folks that keep the elected official, they keep him apprised to everything he needs to know, he or she needs to know. Mm-hmm. So I learned very early on that it was more important for me to step in the office of a legislator and speak to um, the, the legislative assistant or the chief of staff or even the interns. Mm-hmm. Um, Very it it's always important to speak to those folks to stop by the office, knowing that the legislator was in committee or, or, or out and about having meetings, that those were the folks that are always going to call me up when I need to know something and and keep me informed of what's going on with the issues that that I'm looking forward to or trying to influence. So Mm -hmm. it's so important to get to know those local folks or those folks that help to uh, run the office.
0: That's right. Very true, very true, very true. Well, um, that ends our time and our conversation for today. And our whole goal is to give you lobbying secrets that anyone can use, so that you can improve your own life, your quality of life, or even a professional goal that you may have that can be addressed by lobbying or through citizen lobbying. So I hope that was able to educate you, empower you to be more than just a vote. You can be the force behind the votes in all of your community. And so thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Thank Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, everyone for listening. Don't forget, we have links that will be included in the YouTube description of this episode. And that does end our time for today. But please remember to continue this conversation and to do so using science and love.